0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of TeenCast. I'm your host, Zaydevant, as always, and today is February 16th, 2020. It's a Sunday, and I wanted to start um, by apologizing by not posting last week's podcast. Um, It was a uh, podcast that I had with my friend Carlos, Um, and so... Hopefully I'll be able to post it this week, so you'll kind of get a double whammy this week. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, basically what, what happened was uh, over the course of this week, I'm preparing for TSA State. It's, um, it's an organization that I'm a part of, and so I've been super busy staying after school and I haven't had a lot of time to edit. And there are some problems on the um, voice call that I have to edit out, so it's not as easy as normal. Um, besides that, um, my computer has been super weird uh i i figured out what's wrong with it but i have to get the parts to fix it so that's gonna take a bit so uh hopefully um it'll be posted later so keep your eyes out for that um so now that the intro is out of the way let's start with my music of the week um so for this week i decided to um talk about some music that's not from this week um the album of this week definitely isn't from this week but it is fairly recent. Um the album is called One Thousand Gex um by One Hundred Gex. <laughs> um One Hundred Gex is a duo um that makes some very strange hyper like hyper pop, hyper aggressive music and it's really it's very hard to describe. Um I personally enjoy it a lot. I really, really enjoy their music. Um a lot of the people that I've showed it to or have listened to it, haven't enjoyed it as much. Um, But I I understand where they're coming from. Basically, uh, what 100 Gex does on this album is, they have a, it's fairly short, it's like 20 minutes or so. And there's a lot of really strange concepts, a lot of very hyper weird, very over-exaggerated music. And it's all very... Just the topics are all very strange. Um, For example, there's a song called um, Stupid Horse. And it's about a guy who bets all his money on the horse races and loses it. And so he gets really upset and he like runs onto the field and starts beating up people. I think. (laughs) And that's that's what I like most about their music. Uh, Although you can listen to it and you might not necessarily understand what's going on. You can always think about what it could mean and i understand that a lot of people don't like that especially with things like modern art or, i'm not comparing 100 gigs to modern art i'm just saying that in um fields like that are kind of people tend to not like things that uh you can not not that you can't put a label on but you can't really directly find meaning in even if there's no meaning to be found um but regardless of that uh, i really like the album my favorite songs are probably money machine uh stupid horse uh, Hand Crushed by a Mallet. That is my favorite song on the album, Hand Crushed by a Mallet. You should listen to that one. It's probably the easiest to di- digest. Uh, but overall, I really liked it. I think that uh, 100 dx has a lot of growing to do. Like uh, They can release a lot more music, and I'm really excited for it because they only have two projects, one of them being like an EP called... Um, I can't even remember what it's called. Okay, anyway. Yeah, they have an EP and then a full-length project called 1000 gex which is the one i'm talking about now (laughs) but even that one's pretty short so i'm looking forward to them releasing more music in the future so um that's album of the week 1000 gex by 100 gex (laughs) okay so song of the week um this one is definitely not from this week this one's a pretty old song it's called shape of my heart by sting um so this song means a whole lot to me a whole lot to me and I've never listened to any of Sting's other stuff. This is the only song that I've listened to by him. Um, but I remember um, when I was a kid, I used to be really into card tricks. And so there was a card routine called Shape of My Heart. And so it's a routine that would go along to this song. And when I first saw the, the video for that, um, I was like blown away because it was so cool. And this the music really like spoke to me. Um, and so... I really love this song because it's one of the reasons that I enjoy music so much today. It kind of ignited my love of the, uh, love of the art form. Um, so yeah, uh, that's my song of the week, even though it's not, it's not from this week at all. Um, this one's probably a lot more easy to listen to and it's a lot more sweet, very melodious, very beautiful voice. Um, the instrumental from it is amazing. It was sampled in Lucid Dreams by, um, Juice World, the late Juice World, unfortunately. Um and yeah that song blew up mainly because of the uh the sad uh the sad feature not sad feature but the sad sample that came from sting so once you listen to that you'll be kind of already familiar because there's no reason for you to not have listened to lucid dreams it's one of the most popular songs of the past couple years um so yeah uh so for recap of the music section of the week uh, the album of the week is 1000 gex by 100 gex and gex is spelled g-e-c-s and then um the song of the week is shape of my heart by sting okay so getting into the actual content of this week this week is kind of be a, is going to be a little bit more somber um because i've been uh, the weeks have been kind of rough for me um and so i wanted to talk about some more serious stuff so if you're not in the mood to listen to serious stuff or you're not you don't want to listen to Zaid complain for a while uh, <laughs> i would recommend that you uh you skip this podcast and listen to the one with me and Carlos because that one's definitely far more upbeat. <laughs> so starting off, I want to talk about one of the most interesting concepts that humans have that I think is amazing and that's memory. Um, Memory is just one of those things that's it's so hard to grasp because how it works and what it means and what it does to us is still fairly uncertain uh, basically and bare bones memory is when when you experience something your synapses um in your brain fire in a certain pattern and when you experience it again the fire the synapses like fire again in the same pattern due to the same experience and so the more you experience something the more the synapses fire and so that that connection becomes stronger and it's become it becomes easier to remember um so that's why when you think about something a lot it becomes a lot easier to remember um it's kind of interesting because there was a um this is a, a little off topic but there was a uh, I remember i was listening to npr once and that's the national public radio and they were talking about people in comas and how uh it's really hard for um for loved ones of people's in comas because you don't know if they're dead yet. You don't know if they can listen to you or what they're experiencing or if it's like being asleep or something like that. And so what they did was they put, um, they put someone who was asleep in a coma uh, into, I think it was like a CAT scan or something like that. And they told them to um, imagine themselves playing tennis. Um, and the brain kind of like lit up in the same way as someone who was alive who was asked the same question. Um, and so, well, not that the person who's in the coma was dead. I just meant a person alive and the person wasn't in a coma so my point my point is that when you experience something or when you experience a memory or you remember something, your brain just starts to um pretend that it's in the scenario, and so it fires off the same synapses um, and so for whatever reason, I have a very poor memory. my memory is very very bad and um it's kind of worrying to me and it's an issue sometimes because i (laughs) i forget things that are fairly important um a lot of the time i'll think of something um for example just the other day i was trying to remember what my first memory is uh the farthest that i can go back and the farthest memory that i can have is or that i do have currently is when i lived in um Spotsylvania, Virginia. And it was, uh, I don't know how long ago it was, but I know it was when I was in like first or second or third grade. I think I was in first grade. Um, and so, uh, the way that my house was set up, I had a driveway that was gravel that went for about a quarter of a mile long. It was a very long driveway, maybe not a quarter, maybe like an eighth. Um, but, uh, my house was set very deeply into the woods so we had this long winding gravel road that led out of the woods onto the main road that passed by our house and so i remember when my sister would um the way i got to school was the bus would come up to the to the front of this long driveway and um i would be there waiting for the bus to come and so i would someone would usually walk me in the mornings and so my, um, my sister was walking me one morning. And so I was sitting there at the end of the road waiting for the bus to come. And I went in and I was trying to whistle. Um, I was learning how to whistle at the time. And so I just started whistling. And I finally got it. And I was really excited. Um, I think I was humming like the Mega Man theme or something like that. Because I had Mega Man, like a, a port of the Mega Man for the PS2. And so I kept on humming that over and over again. And my jaw, I can remember the feeling, my jaw got really got really tired from whistling so much. And my sister was really annoyed uh, because I was whistling loudly and very poorly. (laughs) So uh, yeah, that's actually the first thing that I can actually consciously remember that I know is a fact. Um, And it's really interesting too, because for me, a lot of the times my dreams will kind of like meld into my memories. So I have a lot of things that I remember from certain places in in, in my life that I'm not sure if they actually happened or not. Um, and so it's kind of funny because I'll be telling a story to my family or uh, recounting something to my sister. And she's like, yeah, that that definitely never happened. And it kind of throws me for a loop because when you think about it, one of the most one of the things you can trust most about yourself and about life is that your memories are solid. Your memories are concrete, concrete. Um, that's something that you rely upon. You rely upon the fact that when you remember something, you're remembering it correctly. And so, when someone tells you that your memories or what you believe was correct just wasn't, um, it, it it just confuses you. Like you have no reason um, to believe that. So, when she, whenever anyone tells me that was something I'm remembering, I'm remembering it wrongly or just never happened at all, it, it kind of throws me for a bit of a loop. And I was thinking about it because. In um, English class the other day, we were talking about unreliable narrators. And an unreliable narrator is basically um, in a story or a novel or a poem or anything, really, when the narrator cannot necess- be necessarily be trusted by the reader. And what that means is that the narrator's information or their certain recounting of events or story aren't 100% accurate. And this is usually due to like the narrator being like kind of insane, the narrator being a liar the narrator like not remembering things correctly stuff like that but there are there are a lot of reasons to be an unreliable narrator in a story and so I was thinking that everybody in the end we're all our own unreliable narrators in our own kind of life we walk around we experience things we we make these memories and we store them in our head but they get warped by our perception of reality and what we want things to remember. And uh, people talk about nostalgia glasses and remembering things through, through rose-tinted shades where we tend to remember the things that came before us like in our childhood in a very positive way even though they might not have been that exact way. And so this, this talk of memories and what, what, what's really real and what's not and how sometimes you remember things incorrectly Got me to thinking about something else which is reality and reality is again something so big and so vast and so beyond our comprehension that when we think about it it's playing in a bunch of like it's playing with a uh, what's the word it's playing with things that we can't necessarily perceive or understand a lot of the time, we're guessing it's, it's, it's guesswork about what reality is, what the concept of is. Um, all of philosophy, it's, it's an entire science based upon guessing and trying to make educated guesses about what the world around us is and how it function and what functions and uh, what it all means. And so reality, at least for me, is tied incredibly closely to my perception. And how I view the world changes what the world looks like. It's hand in hand. So it also changes from person to person. uh, So everybody's reality is very different. The way I observe something might be incredibly different from how you observe something. And the interesting thing is that it doesn't make either of us wrong. Because although I may see something one way and you see it another it doesn't mean either of us are incorrect. It just means that we're both perceiving things in a different way. And so that's one of the things that really confuses me and kind of makes life difficult because although you can argue till the sun comes up and continue to fight for your side, you may never convince the other person that you're correct because you're not correct to them because their perception of what they're seeing is different. Um, the uh, Just the other day... Um, I was hanging out with some of my friends as we were working on a project for TSA. And uh, basically, we are making uh, some clothing for fashion design. That's the name of the event. Um, And so we have a bunch of pins for like pinning uh, cloth together so it can be sewed, stuff like that. And they started sorting them. And my friend Andy, um, he's actually colorblind. And so we were sorting these pins and he was laughing and I was laughing and pretty much all of us were laughing because some of the pins he couldn't really tell the difference between. So we had him sort the colors. And so some of them were correct. Some of the piles were like entirely correct. Some of them, it was pretty easy to see why he was confused because like, for example, it was like a purple and a pink and they were very similar shades. And so that pile was a combination of the purple and the pink. Um, But then there was a pile that had yellow and turquoise. And to me... The difference between them was like as clear as night and day. If you give me yellow and you give me turquoise, I can very obviously tell the difference between the two. But Andy couldn't because of the fact that he's colorblind. So he put them all into one pile. And I mean, we joked about it and we laughed about it. Um, obviously not to his expense. He like He's okay with it because otherwise I wouldn't do that. Um, but it made me think, what else is like that? How can you... How can you be 100% sure that the way that you see things or the way that you observe things is correct? The only way that you can be for sure certain is if you get a big enough group of people all to come together and decide this is what turquoise looks like and this is what yellow looks like and even then when you do that there are going to be discrepancies in the way that people see things and there's just there's really nothing we can do about it and that's what i think is so incredibly amazing because i could go through my entire life vehemently believing that the color purple is the color orange and as long as i found people that agreed with me then i wouldn't have to change my point of view and Although this type of uh, echo chamber where you find people who agree with you and you just continue to bounce the same idea back to back can be negative in some cases, I think a lot of the time people blow it out of proportion because they forget that the other people have their own eyes that they're looking through with their own perception of the world, with their own reality that is just as valid as theirs, and I think... Because of that, we should all be a little bit more forgiving as people. I think we should all learn that sometimes it's very important to take a step back and look at what you're upset about and realize that there are two sides to the same coin and that no matter how many times the coin lands heads, there's someone else who will flip the coin and land it tails. So, what I'm going to tell you is that when you're going through life and you come to a conflict and you're going through life and you come through a disagreement or you come to someone who just doesn't want to look at it from the same way you are remember that they are seeing it from their own view and their view is just as valid as yours as long as it's not harming anyone as long as it's not making anyone's life actively worse it's okay to accept that you're wrong in their view and it's okay to accept that you're right in yours and it's okay to go different ways realizing that you're just going to agree to disagree because I think nowadays that's something we should use a lot more of now that was a very lengthy segment of me talking about reality and memory and all these big things but the reason why I want to do that is because it all comes back to me (laughs) that sounds very vain and I don't mean it to but that's kind of the root of what I wanted to talk about today I want to talk about my reality and how I perceive the world I don't know if what I see is different there's no way to check just like I said with the whole color thing I could ask other people and they could agree or disagree but In the end, we can never know how we see things from each other's eyes. And I know that a lot of the time when you're going through life and you encounter a struggle or something hard, you tend to believe that you're the only person who's gone through that thing, but it's definitely not true. And I feel that way a lot of the time too. Sometimes I'll be in my bed and I'll be very upset and I'll feel like there's no one in the world that understands me there's no one in the world that feels the same way I do or has gone through the same things I have and I'm wrong of course because there are people who have gone through much worse and there are people who have experienced things very similar to me but even in that case even in the case of the child whose parents were killed or they grew up without very much money And they weren't blessed to have some of the things that I have now. Both of our worldviews and both of our perspectives are valid. Because no matter how hard you search, you will never be able to find someone who has gone through the exact same circumstances that you have. You will never find them because they do not exist. Remember that you are unique in the fact that you were born your circumstances whatever you went through in your life all ultimately lead you to where you are right now and there has never been any other person who has been able to live through what you're living through quite frankly just because the fact that they haven't now i know that's weird and i'm i may be getting a little off topic here but I just wanted to explain myself because I think a lot of the time it's very easy to look at someone and get a very blunt and immediate view of who they are or what they live through or what their experiences are, but you can't do that. It's not fair to them. It's not fair to yourself because no matter what, you can never be 100% accurate. My view of the world is different. I believe that the view of my view of the world is different. And whether it is or isn't doesn't matter because I'm the only one who can see it. And you're the only one who can see it the way that you do. So I just wanted to apologize, kind of. I don't know why I'm deciding to apologize now or who I'm really apologizing to, but I just wanted to put it out there that sometimes. I look at the world in a way that's not necessarily very healthy. Sometimes I see things in ways that aren't the way they occur. Um, I think too deeply about things very often. I make mountains out of mohills and it destroys me sometimes. And you may do that too. And so I wanted to come here and just say I'm sorry if you've ever experienced something from me that has hurt you in any way because I'm sure I did not. In I did not intend it to. Along with that apology, I wanted to put forth an arm. I want you to know if you are struggling with the same thing that I am, that it's okay. That sometimes you'll just see things in a twisted, warped up way and you're not alone. No, no one has gone through the exact same thing that you have, but there are people who have gone through experiences that you have not. And so, you stand a lot to gain from talking to them. It's, it, it may be a little uncomfortable sometimes, but talk to people who are older than you. Regardless of whether they've gone through what you have, they've probably met people who have. Or they might be able to shed some light on some aspect of life that you just don't understand yet. So, you know, speak to your elders because they're older than you for a reason. I, again, again, I'm getting off track. And by the nature of the subject that I've been talking about, I think I'm just going to continue to get off track. And I think that's OK, because this week is not about talking about specified subject. This week is about being open and honest with you guys, with myself. And so because of that, I just wanted you guys to hear what I thought about some things. What I thought about memory, what I thought about reality, Maybe how my reality exists and maybe shed some light on the way on the reason that I am the way that I am. <laughs> it's kind of funny to think about, um, but, you know, I'm talking to a black orb sitting on my desk and it's being captured by a cord into my big black box sitting next to my desk, And that's eventually going to be turned into ones and zeros and blasted off through the Internet. Where you're going to listen to it, not in ones and zeros, but in sound waves. And that just speaks to the magnitude and the magnificence of small things. I've been talking for a long time. It's been 25 minutes. And I don't want this to be a long episode, because I have to work on my other one. (laughs) But I do want to leave you off with this. There is something called the butterfly theory. Or the butterfly effect and what it says is that any action no matter how small will eventually come back and lead into a bigger result you are and will always be the butterfly of your own life sometimes you may do something small that may seem insignificant but remember The backlashes and consequences of all your choices will come back. They may be positive. They may be negative. But regardless of what they are, you will have to deal with them. So, that being said, try to make all your actions count. Make sure you're making actions in ways that are positive. Try to affect other people in ways that are positive. Do your best to wake up each day then better than the way you woke up the previous one and try to continue throughout that day in a way that was better than your previous one. I know it sounds stupid and I know it sounds very boring and kind of cliche, but it really helped me. And so I just wanted to tell you. So hopefully it'll help you, too. Remember, you are loved. You are listened to, and no matter who you are, I love you. That is all for this week's podcast. This has been Zaid. I'm signing out. I'll see you next week.